Welcome to the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. My name is Nia Carrillo, a holistic nutritionist and energy worker based in San Diego, California. I'm sharing all my best tips and strategies for those wanting to connect deeper to their body and soul. Each week, you'll hear musings from me and guest experts in their field, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life now so you can live a more conscious lifestyle. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Nia. And if it's your first time here, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are a return uh, listener, I'm so happy to have you back. In this episode, uh, (laughs) it's inspired by a recent experience of mine, which I will call this crazy week. I recently sat with my therapist who performs hypnotherapy with me often, but never as deep as it was this week. And as I sat with the emotions that came up from my experiences with her, I just felt like I had to share that There's some crazy stuff in the air and I've been talking with friends and family and just even sharing on social media of all the ups and downs that I've been going through and a lot of people have been thanking me for putting into words what they thought was a very uh, lonely experience, if you will. And if anything, I I really think that my purpose here on this planet and maybe even just a purpose of this podcast and the work I do in this world is to bring to light the things that are not being discussed, especially when it's concerning our mental and physical well-being, because so much can get overlooked from our our poor systems, and also just from the stigmas of mental illness or even struggling. And I don't even know if we're officially in a recession. (laughs) I would say we are. Um, But the effects of it, whether or not you choose to ignore the news like I do, like you won't catch me watching TV news or listening to articles or reading articles from the internet, but I'm aware of what's going on and I try not to buy too much into it. And so it's like whether or not you like buy into like mass media publications or not, the fact of the matter is that when there are humans suffering on our planet, whether or not they're related to you and you don't know them is doesn't really matter but if there are humans suffering on this planet we also suffer because we are one and we are interconnected and while i'm not saying we need to harp on the negativity and uh, focus on the bad things and like give in to fear but it will come up in your body in ways that that fear lands and touches upon you the way fear sits inside your being the way your body remembers fear and it might have nothing to do with money or the details of a recession that we're in but it might look like childhood experiences in which you felt fear and you were alone in the fear and you were disconnected and your parents weren't attuned to you, that might feel very familiar when maybe you're going through relationship or health or financial struggles and you think you're the only one going through it. 
and that's a huge theme that I see a lot of the time when I'm seeing private clients, they in some ways say the very same things to me. And it's something along the lines of like, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was crazy. I had these experiences in childhood and I can relate to them as well. But it's like, (laughs) if I could take those individuals and put them into a single group, they'd realize like, fuck, like I'm really not alone. And that's partially why I love a good group that's assembled with intention and people feeling called to join in community to heal. That's the beauty of a group, right? But I, I, time and time again, I just hear this theme of like, even when we're younger, like I used to think that I was the only kid in my class that dealt with as much dysfunction and mental illness struggles and alcoholism and addiction struggles that I watched my caretakers go through. I would have, if you would have asked my six, seven, 17 year old self, even like, do you think that you're the only one in your class dealing with these things? I would have been like, absolutely. Yes. Because I mean, in those days, you especially didn't talk about things as they're discussed on social media. Like social media has made a huge impact on our, like the things that we discussed and our, our levels of trauma and awareness of mental health, physical health, the connection. We've come a long way, but there's still things that get left in the dark. But my point is, I swore I was the only one going through these things. And it's 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 insane to think that, but now I, I've worked with people who are my age and older, and I'm like, oh, like you were going through the same thing. And I've even had the opportunity to work with people that I did go to high school with who maybe I thought or assumed that their life was normal because they had a mom and a dad and the nuclear family that I didn't have and come to find out they were going through the same shit that I was, but we were just not talking about it. So those feelings can come up when these mass collective events affect our society as a whole. It might not look like financial struggles for you, but it could look another way which that fear matches the resonance that lives in your body and that same level of fear or emotion that it brings about for you. If that makes sense, which I I, I believe it does. So hopefully you're picking up what I'm putting down. So I want this episode to be a resource for people who are just like, I don't know how to remain conscious and centered or heart-centered or spiritual, whatever you call it, new age, if you will, and like navigate these things. There's a really popular term that's been coined called spiritual bypassing. And I think a lot of us believe that, or maybe early on in our journey, believe that like good vibes only. I used to have a shirt (laughs) that said that. And I remember when I realized like how much bullshit that is, I'm like, toss in the trash or donate to to Goodwill. This is not my shirt anymore because it is not good vibes only and it is a disservice to buy into that. And I'm going to just share like, and these aren't like practices like, oh, do this breath work practice or listen to this hypnosis and your problems will be solved. Yeah, those are really great tools. Like I mentioned, like hypnotherapy was one tool that helped me this during this really crazy week, which I would classify as a giant ebb. Um, 
and the uh, giant microcosm of ebbs and flows. So yeah, those tools are great, but there's like principles and practices or like mindset shifts that really kind of structure how I get through really tough moments and let me be the first to tell you that I am like a bull in a china shop when it comes to like ah things not being predictable and certain it is part of my tour in nature but it is also a trauma response in which I need to know what's going on at all times and want that control and in these situations there are opportunities for us to grow past in which the thing that trauma has stunted us with when it comes to our mindsets and belief systems. So that's not lost on me, but my point is saying is that like I am not graceful. <laughs> Sometimes it takes me throwing a huge fit, saying the thing I regret, hurting someone's feelings, being really hard on myself to come to these principles and mindset shifts and little practices in my head before like I can get here I have to go through the icky stuff so if you feel like like you're really bad at managing conflict or you don't know how to express your emotions and I'm saying you need to do this like sometimes it takes you fucking up a few times before you finally ah I get it (laughs) the image of I get like when I say that is like when you're sitting on the sidelines and you're about to jump into like the jump rope, you know, when two people are holding it and you kind of have to like get the hang of it to like figure out when to jump in so you don't mess up the jump rope. Like it might take you three, four, five times for them to have to restart the, the spinning of the rope until you find your rhythm and flow. And that is very much what it's like to overcome and release old patterns and behaviors when things don't go your way okay so if you don't get this on this first shot like congratulations you're human (laughs) uh the first like kind of like tip or i don't know what i would call these principles if you will um is authenticity over attachment so this is a really uh beautiful little phrase that gabor mate Um, who is a very renowned mind-body medicine doctor who uh, I'm actually in a training program with. And he talks about this battle of authenticity versus attachment when we are younger. And a common example of how this plays out is imagine you were like, I don't know, eight years old and you really liked playing with Barbies, but you saw how the mean girl in the classroom or mean boy in the classroom uh, bullied so-and-so for playing with Barbies. So you lied and you chose uh, attachment, like you wanna fit in with the group. And so instead of saying like you play with Barbies, you, you protected yourself. And a more in, like common and extreme example is when you take on a trait that turns into like uh, like a state that turns into a trait, which is another little phrase that Gabor mentions. And when your mom or dad has this expectation of you or you figure out like, okay, the way that I get my mom's love is by 
keeping to myself and not aggravating her because she seems really upset and she's depressed and I don't want to make her any more upset. So I'll just take on this like hyper independence and I'm not going to express my emotions. So you shut down authenticity because you want to feel loved by your mom and you feel loved by your mom when she's not aggravated by you. So that authenticity versus attachment is a really, uh, like the point I'm saying, getting to here is, is choose authenticity. And here's what I mean by this is be radically truthful with yourself and others with where you are at in your life. Because this one thing, you being honest and like, just like fucking radically honest, like I'm not doing that great today. If someone asks you how you're doing, releases one big major thing that erodes our sense of connection. You wanna know what that is? Shame. Shame is the original disconnection. And often shame is like, oh my God, like I don't wanna have this shame that I play with Barbies or my pastor or whoever, this figure tells me that this thing is bad. So I'm gonna keep this in and bubble it down and I'm gonna choose that attachment. And so when we have these experiences where we're going through really, really tough emotions, it's really easy to like, I don't know, wash them over and not like call any like attention to them. Oh, I'm okay, like I'm doing all great, I'm doing great, I don't need any help. You being authentic and like, fuck, I feel angry. Fuck, I'm so upset right now. Or, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed by grief. Like you being an acceptance of that emotion is going to help you feel a lot less disconnected. And a lot of the time, your mind, in like a scenario where you have to choose between authenticity and attachment, the mind is going to choose the worst case scenario to protect you. It's like this inner bully or coach, or I imagine just sitting there on the sidelines like with a whistle is like, don't say anything to anybody about this because you're the only one going through it and you don't want to be embarrassed like that one time when you were in sixth grade or remember when mom like did this and you did that it, it's so subconscious you're not consciously thinking things so then in that split decision that micro millisecond you're like i'm okay everything's fine i don't need help <laughs> and that is the last thing we want to do but the mind kind of puts that like negative self-talk in there so that you don't get hurt. But really you expressing yourself and being authentic, maybe just starting with yourself, like fuck, I'm mad. Fuck, I'm with this anger and pain from my dad or whomever. Maybe it's just being authentic in your expression in a journal or voice memo to yourself or you being with the anger in the form of like moving your body, punching things and letting it out in that way. So that would be like my first little like guiding principle when I'm navigating something that feels fucking hard. <laughs> okay, number two. <sighs> Attunement. Finding a space to be attuned to. So feeling seen and heard is arguably the key to your healing. When you go through experiences, say maybe you felt sadness at five years old because your dad and mom got divorced, okay? 
very common example I feel like a lot of people can relate to since half of marriages end in divorce <laughs> and you didn't tell anybody about these feelings because you didn't want to overwhelm your mom you didn't want her to worry about you or your mom couldn't even have the emotional capacity to deal with your feelings because she was so upset or angry or you were just caught in the middle of it so your feelings weren't attuned to you weren't you didn't have an adult that was attuned with the key to being attuned to is your parent needs to have their their nervous system regulated. Now, I don't know about you, but being a 90s kid, uh, my parents knew nothing about the nervous system. I'm not even sure these were conversations that were being had in health settings when it came to parenting, maybe in very uh ancient or ritualized like books that parents read back then like the hippie parents but for the most part our parents were not taught these things so how could they potentially be attuned parents sometimes well i think a lot of the time it can come natural like you know when you pick up a crying baby you're like oh it's okay it's okay but if you're a really stressed out mom because you're a single mom or you don't have the means to take care of your child it doesn't matter what you say, the baby, the child is going to basically match the energy or the regulation or lack thereof of the parent. So a huge part of healing for you is going to a space, whether it's in a group or private, is up to you, but going to a space in which there is someone to hold space for you. So it could be in like, I'm thinking like a group program. It could be in a therapy setting. One of the core reasons why therapy, like talk traditional therapy, can be so powerfully healing and kind of like this gateway into deeper healing is because it allows those big emotions that we once felt all alone as children to come up and be attuned to so it's like in some way the healer the guide the person that's holding space whether it's a therapist or your reiki healer doesn't really matter so much the modality as it is you bringing these feelings up and out and someone regulated with you seeing you feeling you hearing you what that is is it's replicating your ability <clears throat> to be with those emotions but showing that inner child inside of you hey look we're not alone anymore we're okay it's almost like catching them up to current times like we are not five years old so when you experience a really big emotion say like i mentioned the fear that is very very present because of the i don't know uh climate climactic circumstances of the world um fear is a huge one and maybe it's not so much fear of the state of the world which i think everyone has to some degree but maybe it's you're drawing up when you're with fear of like i don't know being vulnerable fear of sadness uh fear of being with big emotions whatever scenario you find yourself in and it feels really, really reactionary for you. Like it's your charged emotion. When an emotion is charged of any kind, be it anger, sadness, grief, or you just like getting pissed off at someone and projecting, 
It is a telltale sign that you are not responding to the current situation at hand. It is your old lizard mind <laughs> responding, your reptilian mind responding to something that the current situation reminds you of. So it could be that the recession reminds you of when your 10-year-old self was dealing with, I don't know, your parents' bankruptcy or parents' divorce or whatever it is. So it's a gift in some way because we get to clear and flush out these emotions. Is it fun? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> I will not sugarcoat it. So for me this week, you know, like being a small business owner, I'm not gonna like uh, act like things are rainbows and butterflies for me over here, but my needs are definitely being taken care of and I could say, you know, I got a budget and which I am, I, I, I respect my money. I got a budget and you know, I got to cut back my expenses. I can't go to therapy this month. That's a really easy thing to do because self-care often is the first thing like we forgo, like get rid of that. And those are the things that actually make us feel good and probably arguably uh, what the times when we need them the most, right? So I, I see this a lot of the time, like, oh, we're, we're cutting budgets and um, like, I, I just can't afford this right now. And it's like, it's probably when you need the most. So for me, it's just a non-negotiable that I take care of myself in this way when I'm experiencing that scarcity or that fear. And I have a therapist that's trained in hypnotherapy. And so that is a well worthwhile investment of myself. And it helped me go through those painful emotions a whole lot easier, I believe, and none of it was easy than having to deal with it alone because it's replicating that parent-child or caretaker-child relationship and rewiring something in my mind. So whether it's a therapist or your Reiki healer or your chiropractor or whatever, where you can kind of just spill things and let your heart be seen, maybe you won't get that out with a chiropractor. I mean, your chiropractor could be really cool and offer some kind of therapy in that sense. But uh, feeling seen is you healing. And for those of you who are in financial need, uh, I encourage you to seek out a platform called Open Path Collective. I mentioned this in an email earlier this month to those of you on my email list. Um, it is truly affordable holistic healing services. So there is like a sign up fee, I believe. They make you pay like 40 to 60 bucks to start, sign up. And you have to prove that you are indeed in financial need. So you have to say like what your salary is and like what your income expenses are. And so if that's zero or it's really low, and then the chances are you'll get approved. Um, you can get services as low as $30 if you work with like an intern in like a psychotherapy program. And the maximum that a healer will charge is 70. So it's a highly reduced rate. I used to offer uh, my services on there um, last year when I was doing more private and individual work. And it was just amazing to serve people in that way. Um, I mean, it, it's incredible to serve people of all budgets, but um, it, it was my services, which I usually charge when I was charging um, 222 for an hour and a half and I charged 60 bucks. And so someone who wasn't able otherwise to receive hypnosis or the emotional techniques that I use with this individual was able to afford it. So 
do check that out if you are with uh, dealing with financial struggle struggles um, because it's an amazing, amazing um, platform for those of you who are in um, tough financial circumstances, which is understandable. Okay, <laughs> the third point. What if you allowed yourself to feel like shit? Hear me out on this one because I have I have just been dealing with a range of emotions, different experiences, calling upon these emotions, and I was angry, like angry at the universe at some point this week. And I thought to myself, like, wow, I'm so mad that life isn't fair. Like, it's not fair, I kept saying, that this is happening. It's not fair that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people, people who do good in this world. Like, why? Why, why, why? And the truth of the matter is, and I don't know why. I don't know why, but I wish I did. Life is not always fair. And sometimes life does feel like a pile of shit. And I know there might be someone that's like, but look on the bright side, like you have a body and you're in this planet. Yes, 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 yes. I am not trying to forego gratitude, but I think sometimes it's easier to get in a state of light and gratitude when you have allowed yourself to go into the darkness. Because if, like I said, if you thought being spiritual, conscious, heart-centered was all about high vibes, you are mistaken. Someone educated you wrong. You read the wrong book. I'm sorry. Again, that's called spiritual bypassing, like trying to put sprinkles on a pile of shit when sometimes like life hands you lemons and you're just like why did this bad thing happen to me you weren't deserving of it it just did and yes in 10 five years maybe even next month you'll understand the why but in the moment it, it hurts it stings you to your core and you don't want to feel it i know i'm human i've had those same things and i help people deal with their emotions for a living and what i can tell you is you need to allow yourself to feel like shit because the extent at which we allow ourselves to feel the darkness and those heavier emotions like our anger, our sadness, our grief is the literal extent at which we are available for the lighter ones like your joy, love, and freedom and abundance. So the pendulum is going to swing equally on both sides. And so the deeper you are going to allow yourself to be in the dark, you can call in the lighter counterpart. So I have a whole episode on this as well. It's called The Law of Duality. I think it's like three episodes ago. But trust me, <laughs> it takes a lot more energy, time, pain, and work to avoid being in your shit than just choosing to allow yourself to be in it so you can move forward. And think of you being in that cave of your darkness as the passageway to the light. There's a quote by Rumi and it goes, uh, the wound is the way to the light. Uh, the wound is the way to the light. I cannot think of it for the life of me. The wound is where the light enters. Yes, the wound is where the light enters. So as long as you avoid your wounds or avoid the anger, the sadness, the grief, the longer you avoid your happy joy, whatever it is you're trying to call in. I, in my hypnosis, I want to share this because this 
was something like very resonant for me in my experiences this week. I was connected to, I guess you could say like a higher version of me or a clarity from a higher power, like something beyond me became very apparent in my healing because I just felt like, why is it that I have to go through all this pain and this struggle to get to really good things in my life? Like, why does it have to be a prerequisite to suffer in order to like just bathe in opulence and luxury and joy and pleasure? Like, did I make that rule up in my mind, you know? And so as I was really still and very, very clear in a state of trance, honestly, this came through to me that I really wasn't feeling or I haven't really ever felt the depth of the pain I experienced when I was younger, when I was a little, little baby and I was dealing with being given up at birth, that little tiny body that was under eight pounds was heartbroken. And though I do not consciously remember that, my body does. And so I got this image of a cup of water that was, let's say, gray, a little murky. And this image of a a faucet. And the faucet was love and light and joy and pleasure, the lighter side of life. And imagine that cup underneath that faucet of clean, fresh, light energy. I would have to flush out that cup underneath that faucet until the cup would be fully clear. So as long as I'm an avoidance of feeling and flushing out those feelings, the light has no space in my body, in your body. So we do have to feel that. So they sustainably, those lighter energies have sustainable ways to be inside of us because I could call in an experience and immediately sabotage it because I still have that wound that I've not addressed. So sometimes when we're feeling this shit, it's stuff we don't remember consciously, but our body does, and we gotta clear it out. I mean, you can't go into a a messy, chaotic house and then start decorating it, right? Right, You, you have to clean it up first so that the decorations look nice. And they would actually stay put. Like your your walls are clean. Your you don't have to dust anything. Like it, you're able to like reap the benefits of the light fully and appreciate them. So I hope that that little message I got for myself resonates with maybe one or two of you out there, or maybe more. Okay, this is my last one. Use food to comfort you, and this is not in the way that you think. (laughs) So food is one of the first ways in which we experience comfort. Think of the baby that cries out. Mama brings him the bottle or her breast and he's immediately soothed and comforted because he feels mama's embrace, he or she. And also he's getting fed. He's hungry. (laughs) He doesn't know like that like, Oh, when you're hungry, you can ask for food. You don't have to cry about it. We learn that as we get older. It's just, it's so uncomfortable. And so food being a part of that exchange is a way in which we bond. 
in which we are comforted and nurtured and nourished. And so it's not lost on me that food plays that role even when we're adults. It's when that becomes our primary source instead of the resource that it can be. And when it comes a primary source of our pleasure, of our comfort. So if I'm not taking care of myself, for example, I'm not going to therapy, I'm not eating well, I'm not exercising, but you know what? I need to feel comforted. So I'm going to go eat those bag of Oreos in my pantry because I want to feel comforted. No, I take care of myself, obviously, in other ways. It's not my source of comfort. It is a resource that I use strategically. So there's so many ways you could go about using food to support your comfort. One way in which you can astrologically use the molecules, if you will, of food is by eating a protein-dense meal. It is a more grounding meal, like if you had a salad that had no protein on it versus a salad that did, it's the difference of it being a snack slash appetizer where it's just a little like experience to open up the palate. Or it could be an actual meal with the addition of a nice grilled uh, piece of salmon on top. You're going to be more satiated, right? So protein is a really grounding food. But here's a little trick that I learned from my favorite medical astrologer, Charlie, who came onto the podcast last month. Protein is like an absorber. Like when you take the energy of protein in, Imagine it like this magnet. If there's any chaotic energy in the body, you want to make sure that you are feeling grounded with your food. Oftentimes, have you ever noticed this? That you will reach for like the snacky, crunchy like foods. It's a way that uh, you kind of self-regulate. They call this stimming with uh, people who have ADHD. Oftentimes that crunchy, that airy texture, A, can be very addicting. Cheetos has, uh, I don't know if admitted is the right word, but they have done studies that Cheetos is aware that that puffy Cheeto texture is like almost like it's missing something from the brain, like there's nothing in it. So it keeps you wanting more and more, which is why you can't put the bag down when you're eating foods with those textures. You're like, just one more because it feels incomplete for your body. So food companies literally study food science in that way to get consumers addicted and buying more and more and more. But also, it's a way in which you regulate in that it like calms you down. Like crunching ice can be like kind of calming if you ever notice that. Or for me, I notice I reach in my pantry and I'm like, I need popcorn, I need chips after I just got out of like a vortex of working. And I want that crunchy like texture in my mouth. It is self-regulation. So that's honestly the last thing I should be reaching for though. Protein would be my go-to recommendation for anyone who's dealing with stress. Not only that, it's going to balance your blood sugar if it's adequate levels in a meal. Like a piece of toast on its own is going to go through your digestive system and 
have a different experience with your blood sugar than the toast with a spread of peanut butter and maybe a little bit of seeds on top for some extra fiber and proteins and fats. Whole different picture for the body. So protein-rich meals is a way in which you can comfort yourself. It's like when you crave a juicy steak or something raw, your body, like when you're about to like menstruate, <laughs> your body is saying like, I want that grounding food. It has so much nutrition in there for my vitamins, my minerals that I'm about to be depleted of. So your body knows. So make sure that you're upping your protein. And also you can be very kind to yourself with allowing in like healthy treats and even if you want a freaking oreo go eat oreos and full freaking transparency my husband bought gluten-free oreos the other day when he went on a target run this is how you know how upset i was i love just like going through target that is my basic girl character <laughs> ristic uh i was just so upset and down to the dumps i didn't even care to go to target so he went alone without me and he brought home gluten-free oreos uh, and you know what? I had maybe a couple too many that first night and then I just watched myself the rest of the week, but I totally allowed myself and I was aware of like, I'm probably trying to comfort myself. And also these are addicting because they're salty, salty, sweet, and fatty, which is another food science tip. If you want to like balance a meal and make it seem really appealing, have salt, sugar and fat mixed in so like honey garlic chicken is going to be better than just a grilled chicken you know so be strategic with your food and listen to your cravings don't take them so literally if you're craving sweet foods you're craving pleasure you're craving the sweetness of life and when you're down in the dumps that's all you want right when you're craving proteins, then you want to feel grounded. When you're craving salty foods, you're probably stressed because there is a correlation to sodium and your adrenals. And when you're low in sodium, say you're not being properly hydrated, your cortisol shoots up. And so you can become more regulated by adding a little pinch of Celtic sea salt to your water or some minerals to remineralize with like a packet like Element, LMNT. Um, really great. Uh, tastes like Gatorade, like a healthy version of it. So use food to comfort you, but use it mindfully. And I don't want to say the right way because I think processed foods, they're, I mean, they're pleasurable in some sense, but use it in a way that actually makes you feel good. And what I mean by feel good is that you're going to feel good six hours after you've eaten it, okay? <laughs> okay, so that list feels complete. And I think this is a perfect place to conclude today's episode. And I hope that was helpful and brought light to something that feels heavy and dark. Or just if you're down in the dumps, girl, guy, I, I see you. I, I feel you. There is just a lot of transition and change and uncertainty in my life personally, and it's uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but we will navigate through this together. And if this resonated with you today, please send me a message on Instagram, and I'd love to connect. And I'm happy to uh, discuss anything that's come up for you these last couple of months or even the last year because. 
the astrological forecast has been wild. One last thing, if you are seeking support with your mind-body healing journey and you desire to have me as your guide for support in healing your gut, your hormonal and emotional health and well-being, um, I would love to have you inside my next cohort inside Body Genius. This is my signature four-month program where we utilize holistic nutrition, gentle detox practices, and supplementation while regulating and balancing your nervous system and your mind-gut connection to get rid of things like bloat and inflammation and weight issues and food relationship issues and also anxiety and stress so this is a very unique program in that i have the tools to look at this from both the lens of science and spiritual wisdom because we use the science and the part of food that does help support us and become our medicine but there is so much uh light and benefit to be reaped from spiritual wisdom practices and tools like energy healing, like hypnosis, and uh, using breath to connect to ourselves to un unveil what's beneath all those uh, symptoms in your body. So, if that is something that interests you, uh, we start in July, and the waitlist is open. Those on the waitlist uh, become priority for this program, and I cap the program at seven participants, and one has already been taken and claimed so there's six spots left and if that calls out to you you can sign up for the waitlist in the link in my show notes and we will go from there and connect more until next time my loves thank you for being here and i'm sending you all the biggest hug bye